Downtown Dragon Cove is bustling with activity as the bi-monthly street fair is in full swing. Local artisanal vendors are joined by merchants from nearby Stone Canyon and Angel Grove. The patriarch of the Avalon family, Leo, searches the bustling outdoor market for a gift that he hopes will cheer up his daughter. We're having us. Special on hand-knit dragons. Buy two, get a personalized woven cave for free, free, free. So you see, Gwen, that's the daughter I've been telling you about. She is the most competitive person in the world. She's all about winning, winning, winning all the time. Like maybe she'd like. But on the other hand, she's also the most compassionate person in the world. She wants what's best for her team and will do anything for them. Well, that sounds like... Right now, she's going through this crisis of identity and she doesn't trust her instincts anymore. And I want her to feel confident that her decision will be right, no matter what she decides. So we just sell candles here at John's Wicks. Leo Avalon is barely able to pull the shocked clerk away as the ground next to the candle kiosk explodes. Emerging from below and immediately spouting flames from its mouth is Cinderhound. The lupin-like biped moves quickly, running on all fours before thrashing and destroying things with its massive claws. Following close behind the flaming werewolf, is Haxatar Obliterus and a small army of Frugers. Burn! Burn! Everything must burn! <laughs> burn! Frugers, we must get the Guardians here! Destroy everything and everyone. The Guardians, joined by Pan Vahan, arrive down the street from the chaotic onslaught. 
black plumes of smoke can be seen emanating from damaged buildings. The army of Frugers ransack and destroy anything they can get their webbed hands on. Whoa, that is a crap ton of property damage. What's the point of this? It's just destroying things for fun that's completely illogical. Not all these things are going to have a deep motivation. Some monsters just want to see the world burn. Speaking of burning, I've got dibs on the flaming werewolf. Dibs? What is dibs? Oh, uh, Penny's claiming the first attack against the monster. Come on, it's obvious. It's a flaming monster, and I'm the flaming guardian? I don't think I would have ever considered you flaming. Well, he does wear his sexuality louder and prouder than any of us. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's not what I meant. Do you always spend this much time with useless conversation before every fight? They're right. Let's end this quickly and efficiently. If you feel even a twinge of your powers failing, you need to let us know. Guardians, engage! Void Vanguard! Storm Sentinel! Druidic Defender! Nova Knight! Fire Paladin! Hydro Hoplite! The six multicolored guardians sprint towards the destruction being wrought on downtown Dragon Cove. Before they engage their enemies, Gwen stops in her tracks when she hears a familiar voice. Gwen! Guardian! What are you doing here? Doesn't matter. You need to be careful. Cinderhound's fire is like napalm. Cinderhound? How do you know its name? The dinosaurs said it when they burst out of the ground. You need to get out of here. We'll take care of everything from here. Be safe. Gwen watches as her dad begins to move away from the carnage. Taking one last glance, she turns back to the fight. Unbeknownst to the Hydro Hoplite, the Elder Avalon stops his retreat when he sees a young man pinned underneath an overturned kiosk. Without hesitation, he moves to help. What did Pan say these things are called? Frugers? I guess... Dinosaurs don't believe in marketing. The Black Guardian is a black haze as she works through the first army of Frugers. Pausing as the last one falls to the ground, she turns to see another group chasing panicked citizens. She quickly sprints to their aid and extends one hand. Uh, lightning Lance! Uh, it could have come with leapers! Uh, or... Uh, uh. Uh, and maybe warriors could work too. God, so they buy you all in bulk? The Green Guardian stands in the middle of the street and surveys the carnage wrought by Cinderhound, Haxatar, and the Frugers. Small fires are seemingly everywhere they look, and multiple buildings have large chunks knocked out of them. Now, structural engineering may just be a hobby of mine, but I'm 
Well, is that that building is no longer safe. The druidic defender sprints towards the damaged corner of a collapsing building. Positioning themselves in the largest gap in the wall, they set their feet slightly wider than their shoulders and extend both hands upwards. Don't think about the physics, don't think about the physics, don't think about the physics, just trust in the souls! Earth pillar! Asphalt and concrete encase the young hero's legs while organic vines sprout from their hands. The creaking and shifting building momentarily comes to rest on top of the earthen monolith that Jay has formed. Please, you have to help us. My mom can't get down the stairs and the elevators are broken. Help, please. I would love to help. But if I move, the entire structure is going to collapse on you, so... Just give me a second to think at all. You keep holding up the building, and I'll go help them. Jay turns their head to the side to see Leo Avalon sprinting towards them. Before they can respond, Gwen's father disappears into the unstable building. You fools are no match for the right hand of Terechmer. Right hand? On your best day, they never consider you even a toenail. That is not true. How would you... No such things. Axatar, the total tonnage of what I know that you don't could stun a team of Diplodoci in its tracks. The Pink Guardian nimbly leaps to his silver counterpart's shoulders. With an additional leap towards the monstrous dinosaur warrior, Hanuel lands a powerful kick into his enemy's chest. It seems like you both have an elaborate and well-intertwined backstory. But I was feeling left out. Stormcaller, Axitar would smite you where you stand. But <laughs> the Drowned Duke has plans for you. Stormcaller? Is that an underworld diss or slur? The name is Storm Sentinel. I don't call you Hiccup Guitar, do I? Now this is what I call a monster! I don't need to have a degree in history to know what this is. Classic werewolf. A fire-breathing werewolf is not classic. Well, it should be! Ugh. I know I'd watch that movie! The blue and red guardians are a well-oiled machine as they trade attacks with the imposing monster. After another successful flurry of blows, the duo take a defensive stance. This thing is not slowing down! We need our weapons! You heard Defender and Sentinel. The more source energy we use, the stronger it gets! <sighs> you will burn! The city will burn, and then the world will burn! You all will burn! <laughs> Uh, 
Cinder Hound's blue flames glow impossibly bright as the lupin creature inhales deeply. Turning to face Gwen, the werewolf begins to exhale a powerful breath flame attack. Flame Hammer! The Pyre Paladin summons his elemental weapon and immediately puts himself in the path of the powerful blue flames. Swinging downwards, the head of his warhammer connects with the blue flames. The Cinder Wolf's blue flames swirl into Pyre Paladin's red elemental flames. The purple mixture explodes in a brilliant flash, leaving the combatants staring at each other. <sighs> Still think weapons are a bad idea? Fine. Let's finish this. Aqua Sword! Gwen, look out! It's throwing a car! Gwen dives out of the way as the thrown vehicle passes inches from her head. Gathering herself, she turns to see the car tumbling towards the building that Jay is supporting. Time seems to stand still as she sees her father helping someone exit the building at the same moment the car slams into Jay and the building collapses around them. Jay! No! You're going to pay for this. You need to calm down! You're doing more damage to the buildings than Cinderhounds! I've got a problem. Gwen's gone full postal. What? The monster dropped a building on Jay and her dad. Are you okay? I don't know. I'm trying to stop Gwen from destroying downtown and drowning people. We're on our way. Hanuel leaves Pan to fight Haxatar single-handedly and heads to intercept the rage-fueled Gwen, while Scarlet rushes to the rubble that covers Jay and Leo Avalon. No! No, 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 no! No, come on, Jay! Come on, you have to be okay! The Black Guardian begins to clear debris as quickly as her mystically powered armor lets her. Hoplite, listen! Gwen! Stop for just a second! Don't make me stop you! Get out of my way, Penny! Are you serious right now? Fine. Let's do this. The Guardians trade a blur of blows as elemental fire and water crash in a brilliant display of mystical energies. The two fierce combatants' weapons are locked together as they both struggle to try to get a hand. What is wrong with the two of you? Benny and Gwen both pick themselves up and find themselves staring at Hanuel. 
His wind chakrams glow a vivid pink and rotate quickly around his wrists. Hanuo! I need- No! I'm talking now. The two of you got so wrapped up in whatever nonsense this was that neither of you noticed Cinderhound disappeared. Then I'm going to find him. No, you're not. Typhoon Tether! Before the Hydro Hoplite can react, the Storm Sentinel engulfs her in swirling winds. Try as she must, Gwen cannot break free. An unseen weight drops from Gwen's body as she slumps to the ground. The wind cocoon disperses as her two friends rush to her side. Gaia, we need portals. Aboard the Enduring Enterprise, the Guardians regroup and recover from the battle. Jay and Hanuel continue their work on Pan's new conduit, Scarlet and Benny are preparing to go pick up food, and Pan studies recordings from the Guardians' visors from the fight. The team's captain, Gwen, has isolated herself in one of the quarters of the ship. Last chance to vote for pizza toppings. Speak now, or forever hold your peace. Come on! I said I would pick up the pizzas myself! Where's the trust? <laughs> trust went out the window when you came back with six pickle and olive pizzas. Is it my fault I'm the only one with a sophisticated palate? She has a point. The indigestion we all got from those pizzas was almost as bad as getting punched in the stomach by a goobal. At two, Hanuel? Come on, Pan, you have to have my back. You ate an entire pizza yourself last time. As much as I enjoyed the last concoction, variety is the spice of life. Scarlet, what was the topping that tasted like diluvian fungal pods? Diluvian fungal pods? Uh, I think you mean portobello mushrooms. <laughs> uh, Jay, how about you? Jay? Uh, what? We're doing a pizza run. <laughs> That beautiful brain of yours needs fuel. Uh, anything's fine with me. There's no such thing as a bad pizza. <laughs> I'm counting that as another vote for pickles and olives. Oh, sweet George Lucas, anything but that. That gastronomical event is something I'd rather not experience again. My culinary creativity is wasted on all of you. The red and black clad teens leave the bridge leaving the trio of Hanuel, Jay, and Pan to return back to their work. I figured Errol would be joining us, at least via satellite. He's more of an expert of this energy than I am. Should I calibrate the rear gamma wave biocontainers? Yeah, sounds like a plan. I don't know where he is, actually. When I called, he said he had an experiment that needed his undivided attention. And then hung up? Okay, I just finished adjusting the primary and auxiliary chroniton drivers. 
The blue-skinned alien turns and watches with a mix of intrigue and pride as the two human teenagers work diligently on the alien technology. Did you ever think someone so young would be so capable, Gaia? Gaia? She's not here. Well, technically she's not available right now. She placed herself in stasis while she pinballs from satellite to satellite, isolating a rogue energy signal. Gaia left the Enduring Enterprise? I never knew she was able. You were a murderous cyborg trying to kill us a few months ago. People change. <sighs> I know we're not Gaia, but can we help? I've been reviewing our most recent failure against Cinderhound and- Whoa! Failure's a little harsh. Nah, it wasn't really our best showing. Shall I recap? Both of our combatants got away. The group's leader arguably did more property damage than the monster, and both Scarlet and Hanuel abandoned their posts in the middle of a fight. We didn't simply leave our posts. Our friends needed us. Scarlet's choice let the Fruggers regroup with Haxatar, and your choice left me alone. Those combined errors allowed Haxatar to escape as I was swarmed. Did I miss anything? The bigger picture. Gwen was in full meltdown and Jay had a building dropped on them. They both needed our help. So they were more important than all of Dragon Cove? I don't know if you noticed, but Dragon Cove is still standing. Did we lose this skirmish? Maybe, but I call it more of a draw. Dragon Cove is still standing and none of us suffered any substantial emotional or physical damage, so... Do you think our chances of winning would have been better against the alien guardians or your dinosaur king if we let Gwen go full postal and make a choice that'll haunt her forever? Or if Scarlet hadn't checked to make sure Jay was okay? We only succeed as a team. That's how we defeated the old you, and that's how we're gonna defeat whatever else the universe throws at us. An awkward and intense silence fills the bridge of the Enduring Enterprise as the indigo-skinned warrior and two proud young heroes stare at each other. Very well, I will not say your points are without merit. Speaking of Gwen and her mental status, where is the leader of this team? We don't really like the town leader. We're kind of stuck on calling her our captain. Feels less militaristic and aggressive. She was taking a nap in one of the quarters. I set her up with some incense and told her to get some rest. I was about to go get her and let her know the food was on its way. I'll go get her. You two can continue working on the new conduit. The sooner we get that running, the less of a threat the alien guardians will be. Pan slowly makes their way from the bridge towards one of the few living quarters on their former ship, now turned base of operations for the Guardians. They stop and pause in front of the galley for a moment before entering the empty space. Closing their eyes, they pause and take a deep breath in. What happened? Are you okay? Bursting through the door with vibrant violet skin, Ciel Johnny races in, clad in oil-stained overalls. Gripping a med kit, her frantic gaze scans the room, a whirlwind of worry in her eyes. Gaia said it was an emergency. 
Surprise! Surprise. Happy, Happy Origins, Origins Day. Day! What are you... Did... Did you decorate the mess hall with paper versions of my favorite flower? We couldn't actually go pick up Cerulean lilies, but I think these are okay. I also adjusted the temperature and climate in this room to mirror what is currently the conditions on your home world. Is that a cake? When did we get ingredients to make a cake? At our last stopover, I traded a few grenades for the ingredients. I don't know if the cake tastes good, but the frosting is delicious. Only the great Pan Vehand would trade grenades for a cake. I love you. Not as much as I love you. Pan, who are you talking to? Turning quickly, Pan sees Gwen standing in the door behind them. The blue-clad teenager looks at them with a mix of confusion and fatigue. No one. Just a ghost. I was actually coming to get you. Food will be here soon, and I, I wanted to talk to you before then. The two sit down at an empty table. Gwen slumps into a chair and rests her chin in her hand. Pan sits across from her, tall and stoic. What did you need? What do you need? The battle today showed a side of you that I've never seen before. I know. I know. I've already had this conversation with Hanuel. I'll do better to keep my emotions in check. That's not what I'm talking about. You almost single-handedly took down Cinderhound. I was truly impressed. You mean when I lost control and almost brought down buildings on innocent people? You were certainly all over the place, but if we could focus that passion, you would be quite the warrior. <sighs> I don't think the rest of the team sees it that way. That is something you'll have to learn as the le the captain of these guardians. Your vision will not always match theirs, but it is your responsibility to get them to move the direction that is necessary. I don't see why the others can't grasp what we have to do. Correct me if I am wrong. Were you not leading the argument against my proposal of these actions not too long ago? Things are different now. You mean things are different for you. Your father was the one that almost died out there. That's what's bringing you around. The others haven't tasted loss yet, or at least the threat of it. I hate to admit it, but you're right. The only acceptable response to the threat of lethal violence is immediate and savage counterattack. If we hesitate, we just may avoid getting killed. On the other hand, our hesitations could cost others their lives. It is a tough choice, but I can only see there is one right answer. Gwen, I've seen firsthand the high cost of war. It is like an immeasurable tremor that knows no borders, its shockwaves reverberating across everyone and everything, resulting in universal suffering. So it's Hobson's choice. I believe I need an explanation of that. Well, Mr. Hobson owned a stable of horses. He often rented horses to the local college students, but he did not really trust them to take good care of the horses. So he had a rule that prevented the students from riding his best horses. They could take the horse that was nearest the stable door, or they could not take any horse at all. Thus, a Hobson's choice was really no choice. This planet certainly has quite the colorful language. I have learned, especially when it comes to battle, 
In any moment of decision, the best thing you can do is the right thing. The next best thing is the wrong thing. And the worst thing you can do is nothing. There's never a perfect solution. (sighs) This isn't going to get easier, is it? Gwen, I wish I could tell you that it was. I know I am not Hanuel, and you and I don't know each other extremely well, but I have been in your shoes. I've seen the horrors of war and made decisions that haunt me to this day. I can be a sounding board, or at least a unique perspective for you, if you choose. Thanks. I appreciate it. You said there was food on the way? Yes, Scarlet and Benny went to get more of the pizza. Oh, please tell me they didn't let Benny pick out the toppings this time. Haxetar wants it known that Haxetar was moments away from finishing that silver warrior before Haxetar was called away to catch this infernal hound. The enormous Triceraton drops a slumbering cinderhound onto the floor in front of the drowned duke and Tyric Mir. The dinosaur warrior shows moderate burn marks from another tussle with the flaming beast. You were able to subdue the beast? Where is the army of Fruggers? After it ate all the Fruggers, it became quite docile and easy to subdue. Why could this not wait until Haxetar finished off the Silver One? You short-sighted brute. Killing the Guardians is not our goal. At least, not now. The energy they harness feeds these beasts. We will let them continue to think that they are winning these battles and defeating the creatures. Let them revel in their impotent victories. Once I have absorbed enough of this wild magic... I will single-handedly end each of their lives and claim their power for my own. My lord, you want me to awaken the beast and send it back to the city? No. Let it slumber. We need it fully rested before we engage the Guardians again. Axisar, you and the good will accompany the beast again. Engage the guardians and have them expel as much of the magical energies as possible. I tire of this chrysalis and want to begin my conquest of this surface world. Desdemona takes a last look at her compact before turning back towards the row of food trucks that populate the Dragon Cove boardwalk. She opens her mouth to speak and notices that no one is manning the camera on the tripod. Reginald, how am I supposed to do this interview if I don't have a cameraman? Uh, Desi, I work at this food truck now. I thought maybe I could be in the interview. If 
I'm going to become a full-time news anchor, I can't have my interviews looking like high school productions. I need the camera to be active. I know I may be the least media savvy of the three of us, but I feel the answers crashing right into us. Young Reginald, a valued member of the team, can be interviewed and then deftly cut around to the camera and give you the activeness that you so desire. Fine. The sun is going to be setting soon and we can do a walk and talk. Are you going to start the camera or not? All you need to do is tap the red button. The talent does not touch the buttons. Yeah, I guess. Thank you. This is Desdemona George covering one of Dragon Cove's most questionable annual events, the Battle of the Boardwalk. We've invited dozens of food trucks that have hopefully passed their health inspections to compete to be Dragon Cove's official food truck for one year. We are here with local favorite Johnny D to discuss this year's event and his plan to keep avoiding the health inspectors long enough to compete. This competition is mondo cool on multiple levels. On one level, we have food designers, culinary experts, and grill masters from across our glorious state bringing their creativity and positivity to our humble little Dragon Cove. On the next level, we are the citizens of Dragon Cove getting to bathe their taste buds in delectable goods that they've never even fathomed possible. On the next level, we get to- Johnny, how many levels do you have? Six. No, seven more. Let's move on to your plan for not embarrassing yourself in this year's competition. The key to any successful venture is staying aligned with your true north. Find that and you'll never lose. So no special recipes or plans? That's a bold choice to make going into a cooking competition. Cooking is a philosophy. It's not a recipe. We're taking people on a rockin' road trip to flavor Nirvana, where the gravitational force of Teresa warps the very laws of space and time. What Johnny means is we're gonna dominate the competition. Our menu is gonna knock people's socks off. All these other food trucks, (laughs) they're just fighting for second place. Later that night, Shoppers leisurely move about the Dragon Cove Mall. The outdoor food court offers a delectable combination of smells and tastes for the weary consumers to enjoy while they take a break from their shopping. Children play near a large fountain, throwing in change and making wishes. Emerging from the fountain is a translucent bubble. Inside the mystical sphere are the drowned Duke, Haxatar, and Cinderhound. As the bubble dissipates, Cinderhound rushes out and begins spewing his napalm blue fire. I will say this, Cinderhound makes you look positively erudite. You two can go and cause your chaos. And you, Terechmer ordered you to fight with us. On the contrary, the Dark Lord sent me here to oversee and participate if necessary. You think that one of my standing is expected to pillage?
The sextet of heroes exit the portal and find blue flames engulfing a majority of the outside eating area. <laughs> oh man! That place had the best churros! Don't worry, we'll avenge the churros. No fruiters this time, so it's the two of them versus the six of us. Teams of three. I'd like to volunteer to go against the Cinderwolf. Jay, you want to go head-to-head -head with a big monster. Well, I mean, fighting a fire-breathing werewolf was never on my bucket list, but I think I am best suited to minimize the damage from the flames. They're right. If what my dad says is true and it's like napalm, we need to smother these flames, not just blow them out. Let's do this. Guardians, engage! Void Vanguard! Storm Sentinel! Druidic Defender! Nova Knight! Fire Paladin! Hydro Hoplite! The silver armor has only barely solidified around Pan Vahan before it violently retracts into their conduit. Looks like twice in a day was pushing my luck. We really need to get that new conduit working. You two okay taking on Haxatar? Team Harlot is on the case. Vanguard. Support and civilian safety. This isn't my first rodeo. Team Harlot? You don't like it? I was thinking Beauty in the Deep. Stormcaller, you caught Haxatar off guard last time. But your little Windtricks will not work a second time. We've been over this. It's Storm Sentinel. Alright, Hardhead. Do you want to do this the easy way? Shut your mouth, Carl. You're better at speaking. Excuse me? You let this Dicute speak for you. Oof, you now let done this Dicute who are you? Are you think I'm afraid of you? Because you're the size of a truck? Stop shooting Axetar in the eyes! With a tremendous stomp of his massive foot, Axetar fractures the ground around him. This mini-earthquake pauses the onslaught from the Nova Knight, who maintains an intense stare at her opponent. Mind of the Deep joins the beauty in this beatdown? I thought you were the beauty! <laughs> Like I said, we'll workshop it. Uh, stop your prattling, you chest-sucking leeches, and fight! Gwen, Benny, and Jay, wielding their respective elemental weapons, move cautiously towards the living inferno that is Cinderhound. The rampaging monstrosity whips around and sizzling saliva drips from its snarling lips as it eyes the approaching heroes. What's the plan to take down Ralph? Ralph? 
<laughs> from the arcade classic Rampage. I'm glad we're taking this seriously. Oh, uh, just a friendly reminder, the longer we engage in fisticuffs, the stronger it will get. Defender, can you step out its fire? Uh, theoretically. Sunblast! Yeah! The earthen shield flung by the Green Guardian explodes into a dense cloud of sand and completely covers Cinderhound. Awesome! Smokey the Bear would be proud. How long will that cloud last? Long enough to render the flames nut? Looks like we just pissed it off. Is it getting bigger? Oh, it's absorbing all my line energy! Harold, come back here! The doors of a nearby shop burst open as a young boy springs towards the battle as his terrified father trails behind him. It's gonna barbecue that kid! Gwen rushes towards Cinderhound while Benny and Jay move to protect the civilians. Firebrands! A torrent of cobalt fire slams into Benny and Jay as they shield the father and son. Benny's warhammer struggles to absorb the blue fire while Jay's shield begins to crack under the intense heat. Bubble bottle! A swarm of bubbles erupt from the tip of Gwen's aqua sword. In seconds, the bubbles merge and Cinderhound finds itself trapped inside an impenetrable bubble. I tried. I really tried not to have to just destroy you, but you're just going to keep burning everything! Hoplite, wait! We can't save them all, Seminole. Someone has to make the tough decision, and it looks like it has to be me. Just listen. Let me and Paladin try one more thing, and if it doesn't work, we'll form the World Anvil. Me and Paladin? What do you think I can do? All I've got is a hammer! Just trust me. Peaceful solutions often demand the most labor. It demands greater heroism than violence. Hoplite, what do you say? There's no harm in letting them try. We have to be more than just weapons pointed at targets. I've got a chain lightning locked and loaded. Ready to go in case whatever they're planning doesn't work. Fine. What do I need to do? Just hold that bubble until I say so. Paladin. Get the head of your hammer in the flames and I'll do the rest. Is this gonna hurt? Probably. Awesome! Here. We. Go! As soon as the Blue Guardian retracts the bubble surrounding the flaming werewolf, flames erupt at the young heroes. 
the fiery Warhammer intercepts the attack, and the blue and red flames begin to wrap around each other. That wasn't too painful! That wasn't the painful part. The Pink Guardian places his hands on the back of his red compatriot. Taking a deep breath, his arms begin to glow a vibrant pink. With an almost imperceptible movement, the Storm Sentinel thrusts his power through the Pyre Paladin. Benny's elemental weapon's hue changes from a crimson red to a blinding pink. Inconceivable! Unbeknownst to the Guardians, whose focus is entirely on the magical display of their teammates, the drowned Duke and Haxataro Obliterus watch from a distance. What? What do you see? The Stormcaller is using their teammate as a conduit and is blending their magics together. That should be impossible. Maybe you will take heed when Haxatar says that a Stormcaller exists next time. Ripping his hands away from his teammate's back, Hanuel seemingly pulls a crystalline orb from Benny's armor. The two young heroes fall to their knees. The Cinderhound, stripped of its leyline powers, slowly reverts back to a common blaze beast. Now the size of a large dog and glowing a gentle blue, the creature slowly makes its way over to Benny and nuzzles against his armored hand. <sighs> hey there, puppy dog. You're not so angry now that you don't have all that magic inside of you. That was simply amazing, Sentinel! What exactly did you do? How did you even know you could do that? I honestly don't know. It just feels like the source knows what I need to do sometimes and pushes me in that direction. The Pink Guardian shakily tries to climb to their feet, but is immediately knocked over by a torrent of water that, when it retreats, takes with it the crystallized leyline energy. The Guardians turn to see the drowned Duke standing before them, casually holding the solidified magic gem. You Guardians disappoint me. From the reports of Harbinger and Herald, I expected mighty warriors. What I see before me are babies grasping around at their first toy, unaware of the power that surrounds them. And who exactly is this creature from the Black Lagoon reject supposed to be? The Drowned Duke. They're as powerful as they are arrogant. I see my reputation precedes me. As I was saying before I was so rudely interrupted, you, Stormcaller, show potential. Your team may see you as powerful, but rest assured you dabble in magics that I have bent to my will. You human beings have neither the oral nor the psychological capacity to withstand the awesome power of the right hand of Tirichmir. 
I have what I came for. Today is not the day I kill you all. The day is coming very soon, so prepare. With an overly dramatic flourish, the drowned Duke and Haxatar disappear into a quickly evaporating puddle. Gwen swims with dogged determination in the pool in the Avalon family backyard. The young hero strains every one of her muscles as she tries to shave even a few seconds off her previous time. Finishing her lap, she reaches up from the water and searches for her stopwatch to check her time, only to find it missing. Frustratedly looking up, she sees the smile and bruised face of her father, Leo. Don't you think you earned a night off after defeating that flaming werewolf thing? Dad, what if Mom or Camille here? You don't have to worry about anything. They're at the boardwalk for that food truck battle thing. They tried to get you to come, but you weren't even hearing them. I told them I would stay and take you when you were done. Gwen pulls herself out of the pool, wraps herself with a towel, and sits down on the patio furniture near the pool. So it looks like you decided to chase both your dreams. I'm going to chase it for as long as I can. Things are coming that might stop me, but until there's no other choice, I won't quit. That's my girl. I knew you would get there on your own. Dad, can I ask you something? You know you can ask me anything. I need to talk to you about your time at war. I know you don't like talking about it, but I really need your perspective. <sighs> I don't know if I'm the best person to talk to about war. I didn't enlist to be a hero or protect my country. I just wanted money for college. You got a purple heart. You got hurt saving people. You know what war looks like. What do you need my perspective on? My friend Pan, they... The new Silver Guardian? Yeah, they say that we're in the middle of a war, and war is just filled with terrible choices and less terrible ones. That sounds familiar. How did you know what to do? There are so many variables to consider. My CEO once said, war is cruelty. There is no use trying to reform it. The crueler it is, the sooner it will be over. Sounds like your CO and Pan would get along. War sounds like hell. War isn't hell. War is worse than hell. In a purely theological standpoint, hell is where evil people go to be punished. Everyone there deserves what they're getting. In war, innocent people suffer, and good people have to do terrible things. War will always be worse than hell. Does it always have to be violent? Hanuel thinks we don't have to destroy every monster. Is he right? I don't know. The monsters we used to fight were basically machines designed to kill us. These new ones are different. Are they hurting people? Yeah. Do you think you can reason with them? I don't know. Maybe. Then you need to treat them like bears or mountain lions. You can't get mad at a bear for acting like a bear. You try to subdue so it can't hurt people. But you know, 
if push comes to shove, you might need to put it down to keep people safe. <laughs> Bears are going to bear and monsters are going to monster? <laughs> I'm a philosopher, not a poet. Go change. We can still meet your mom and sister and get some grub. One more lap. All right. Just one because I hear they have a churro truck that makes churro Sundays. Ready? Go. Tubular Teens with Titans is written and produced by Velvet Fiend Rabbit Productions. Our theme song, Thunder Sword, is written and produced by Ahmad Judah and Joe Chasm, with lyrics and vocals by Keisha Wallace. If you liked what you just heard, please head over to the podcast service of your choice and leave us a rating and a review. It truly helps more people find the show. Tubular Teens with Titans features the vocal talents of... I'm Bri Zachary, and I play the Druidic Defender, Jay Terra. My name is Chris Van, and I play the Pyre Paladin, Benny Humo. I'm Tim Loika, and I play Storm Sentinel, Hanuel Yasuo. I'm Keisha Wallace, and I play the Hydro Hoplite, Wynn Avalon. Sup, I'm Allegra Rodriguez-Shivers, and I play the Nova Knight, also known as Scarlet Watts. I'm Shane Cochran, and I voice... Erailed. I'm JJ Jensen, and I play Hera. I'm Michael Waldschlager II, and I play Pan Vahan, Guardian Prime. I'm Noah, and I play Johnny Dakota. Kyle Gould as Reginald Thaddeus III. I'm Jerry Kokich, and I play the Drowned Duke. I'm PJ Argento, and I voice Tirich Mir. Hi, I'm Sarah Roberts, and I play Desdemona George. My name's AJ Kimball, and I play Cinderhound. I'm Shane Patrick, and I play the narrator. <laughs>